Welcome to The Drive with Josh Downs, a faith-based coaching podcast where I'll share weekly thoughts, principles, insights, and more, all designed to help you build a better self, to better love yourself, so that you can better become all you were meant to be. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of The Drive Podcast. I'm Josh Downs. Today's episode is episode 537, You Are Unique. Let me begin by first of all apologizing for not having an episode out last week. Um, I was sick. (laughs) There's been a lot going around here, at least in my community. And uh, I was fortunate enough to pick up a a little bit of a flu bug and just kind of knocked me out all last week. So I apologize for missing a week. I think that might have been the first week I've missed, really, other than just doing some uh, repeat episodes on occasion. But there is a first for everything, and um, that's okay. That's kind of in part what makes us unique and different, right? We don't always do everything the same. Well, speaking of that, that's what's been on my mind here as of late, and I wanted to share a few thoughts with you today in regards to it. This week, I'm actually heading to St. George, Utah to do some training in schools around the area about diversity and inclusion. Uh, respect, how to get along and and be more accepting of each other and of ourselves. And uh, this past week, I did a little bit of training with some businesses and had an experience that really taught me some valuable lessons in preparation for this trip that I'm taking this week to St. George to speak to these kids. I wanted this particular training with businesses to teach the value of being present recognizing what makes us unique and special ourselves, paying attention to the little things so that we can focus on who we are and and develop ourselves in a positive way to make more of a contribution to others and to those around us. And in order to kind of get that point across, I started out with something I just referred to as the penny game. There must have been about 40 people in the room. I had plenty of pennies with me and I had each person come up and take a penny out of the the jar of pennies that I had. Afterwards, I told them that they had about three minutes to try to identify any distinguishing characteristics about that particular penny, just in case they were to, I don't know, end up coming back together and being mixed up. I think they got the idea because they really started to look closely at their penny and try to identify everything that they could to make sure that they were able to find theirs again when the opportunity came. After those three minutes were up, I then collected every single penny, put them together, and true to my word, I mixed them up. I shook them up really good, so there's no chance of anybody just likely reaching in and just picking out their their own penny randomly. I then put all the pennies out on the table that was there in the room and invited them to come up and try to find their penny. Some came up and found them rather quickly. Most, it took a little while. Um, I think mostly because we were all a little bit older and our eyesight wasn't quite as good. And so those distinguishing marks, like the year, you ever try to look at the year on a penny when you're past 40 years old? Um, Good thing you can take up close pictures with our phones. That's all I'm saying. It helps out quite a bit. But it it was fun to see all these people looking so intently for their penny and trying to really focus and see those distinguishing marks. Well, after about five minutes of of searching, I'd say probably half felt fairly confident that they had found theirs. Others, maybe not so much, and some completely had given up in in finding their penny. We went through the rest of that training talking about things like self-care and how to 
make sure you make yourself a priority and focusing on the little things that you need day in, day out to make you a better person, a better employee, a better boss, manager, whatever it is, just learning to focus on you. Well, I wanted to tie it all back together. And so I asked him at the end of that, what did the penny game that we did at the beginning have to do with all of this training and and talk about taking care of ourselves better? And some of their answers were just so powerful and so insightful. I had one individual raise their hand and said, you know, I came to see the marks on my penny, not so much as flaws, but as characteristics, defining characteristics that really set it apart and made it special and valuable to me to help me to find it again. And he said, I recognize that that can be the same way that we see ourselves. So often we see things about us in a negative way, as flaws even, but maybe it's those things that really make us unique and cause us to stand out from the rest of the crowd and brings value to us as individuals. And I loved, love, love that comment, that statement. And that was an unintended lesson that came from that, that ended up teaching me something of value. And one that I plan to now take with the, the kids that I'm going to be speaking to in St. George. And the truth was, as we talked a little bit further about that little object lesson, that the value of each penny initially was the same, one cent, but the inherent value of it increased the more that they saw what it was that made that penny unique to them. You get the message? Uniqueness appears to enhance intrinsic value. I used to collect baseball cards when I was a kid. And you know which cards were the least valuable? Which ones I hated getting were the ones that I got all the time. The ones that everybody else had. The ones that I wanted and that were worth the most were the ones that were rare. The ones that were unique. The ones that very few people had. And that's the same with so many things, isn't it? A a unique stamp, as an example, sells for millions of dollars. Um, Certain types of musical instruments are more precious than others because they are unique, unlike any others. My father collects coins, or he has for some time, and again, what makes those of value is not how many there are, but how few there are, how unique they are. I've mentioned this before, and I plan on mentioning it again, and I will tell the kids that I will be speaking with as well to take the opportunity and just look at yourself closely. Look at your hands. Do you recognize that out of over 7 billion people on the planet, not one person has the same fingerprints as you? Out of that 7 billion plus, not one person has the same footprints as you. Out of 7 plus billion people, not one person has the same shape of ear and ears as you have. Not one person out of that seven billion has the same exact shape of mouth and teeth. Not one person out of that seven billion has the same shape and color and characteristic of your eyes. All of these things are used by agencies across the globe to identify people as individuals. Could it be that God has created us to be unique, to be different? And in that creation is yelling to us that we have purpose, that we have meaning, that we are special, 
and that we are created for a unique purpose in reason. That there are only people that you can help with your hands. There are only places you are meant to go with your feet. Only things you are meant to to help with that you can hear. Things that only you can say. Things that only you are meant to see to help and bless and lift other people and to make a difference in this planet. We need your uniqueness. And when we attack someone for being different, I want you to think about this. When we put somebody down for being different, when we look at somebody as less than us for being different, we attack the very thing that makes us special, that makes us valuable. I want you to imagine a world where you could only see one color. (laughs) Hey, you get to pick what it is. But that's it. Everything is in that color. Can you imagine how horrible that would be? I don't care if you're a BYU fan and and you pick blue. You would get sick and tired of that color in probably one day, maybe even just one hour. Yeah, it sure would be fun at first. Like, oh, this is different. But, you know, again, that's why it would be interesting because it is different. Do you see it? (laughs) What if you could only listen to one song or one instrument for that matter for the rest of your life? Oh, geez. Some songs feel like they get played over and over so much that you just want to throw up in your mouth a little bit when you hear them again. Or what if you could only watch one TV show and that was it? Or one movie? You could only eat one type of food over and over again every day for every meal. Maybe oatmeal is the only thing. (laughs) I love oatmeal, but I don't think I would after that. What if you could only drive one type of car, a Prius? (laughs) Or what if you could only wear one kind of shirt or one type of pant or one kind of shoe? That was it. Heaven forbid you couldn't accessorize your Crocs, which I don't understand how is a thing right now, but it is. And people love being different about it and being unique in the way that they decorate their Crocs. Ladies, what if you could only wear one dress for the rest of your life? Or you could only have one type of decorative pillow that you could change out (laughs) but it was the same kind over and over or blankets for that matter can you imagine how much joy would be lost in decorating differently in changing things what if everyone had the same color and length and style of hair what if the weather was the exact same day after day after day even people that live in a climate like that, like Arizona, need to leave once in a while to go appreciate the winter, to get a change from it, right? What if there was only one holiday that we could celebrate and it was President's Day? Ugh. All the stores would be happy because they could have nonstop sales all the time, but what what a horrible thing to not have the variety of holidays that we do. Do you get the picture? This time of year, one of the things I love most are football games. Do you know the the diversity that is found within a football game or any athletic event for that reason? It's not just athletes that are involved in football games. You have band. You have a lot of technical wizardry that goes on. You have math and measuring things. You have food. You have fans. You have face painting. You have just so many things go into that or concerts for that matter. How many different elements come together to make these concerts fun that we go to? Or plays, uh, restaurants. What would it be like if you only had one restaurant you could go to? Movies we watch, video games, places that we want to visit. You know what makes those places desirable is they are different. 
from other places we have been. This earth was created for diversity, and so were we. We were made to be unique. Listen to this poem and think about how it applies to all this. I've shared this once before, but I love it. It's titled, First They Came. And it's the poetic form of a 1946 post-war confessional prose by the German Lutheran pastor Martin Niemöller. It's about the cowardice of German intellectuals and certain clergy, including by his own admission, himself. Following the Nazis' rise to power and subsequent incremental purging of their chosen targets, group after group. He writes, first they came for the communists, and I did not speak out, because I was not a communist. Then they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out, because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out, because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out, because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for me. I love this poem because of the message, again, that it teaches. If we don't protect each other's right to live how we choose to live within the laws of the land that we reside in, then we are on dangerous ground and may find ourselves without anyone left to fight for us one day in the way we choose to believe. Now, an important thought about fighting for each other's rights to live how we choose, I think it's important to mention in regards to our own uniqueness that there can be acceptance of a person's right to live how they choose without personally accepting how they choose to live. There's a difference. Some may not agree with my religion, and that's okay, but that's what makes me unique. Some may not uh, agree with my views on God, and that's okay. Some may not agree with my views on politics, on policy, on abortion, on racial issues, on sexual orientation or gender biases. And I may not agree with others' actions or uh, opinions in some of, or even all of these areas. And that's okay. Can you hear what I'm trying to say? The moment that I try to force someone through hostility, pressure, persecution, manipulation, shame, or guilt, or the moment I put somebody down or try to make somebody feel bad for what makes them unique or how they choose to believe, in, in trying to help them to be more like me or to believe how I believe, to live how I live, to accept what I want them to accept, I cross the same line that others throughout history have when they've tried to take away freedom from others. I may not agree with someone, but I will never lend my voice to suppress their right to live in a way that I may not agree with. And I will always treat them with kindness and respect and would hope to get the same from them in return. That being said, if someone disagrees with the way you choose to live or your opinions about something, let them. That's their right as well. If you or I need other people's validation for the way we choose to live and be, then there's probably very little depth to what we really believe and who we really are. Let's support each other's right to be unique, to be different, to agree and the right to disagree without hostility and anger or malice. None of those things have anything to do with acceptance, but have everything to do with division. An important leader of my faith who knew a little about being persecuted for what he believed and shamed and rejected himself. In fact, he was killed because of it said on one occasion about his belief in allowing others to believe how they choose. If it has been demonstrated that I have been willing to die for my faith, I am bold to declare before heaven that I am just as ready to die in defending the rights of a, a Presbyterian, a Baptist, or a good man, man of any denomination. For the same principle which would trample upon the rights of those in my faith would trample upon the rights of the Roman Catholics or any other denomination who may be unpopular and too weak to defend themselves. It is a love of liberty which inspires my soul. 
civil and religious liberty to the whole of the human race. As always, Christ set the perfect example for us, didn't he? He spent his time with those that were different, (laughs) those that others saw as sinners, those that were rejected by society at the time, those that were seen as, again, being different. He ate dinner with publicans. He talked with Samaritans. He touched those with diseases that were cast out by society. He condemned those that looked down on others, that used religion to put themselves on a pedestal higher than those that they were meant to love and serve. He broke down barriers. He didn't build them. And at times when needed, he still stood his ground in terms of what he believed to be right and true. Whatever he disagreed or whenever he disagreed with someone else's choices or corrected someone's behavior, he never did it in a divisive way, but always in a way filled with love and acceptance for who they were as a person. He may not have agreed with the way some were living their lives, but he lived his life in such a way that everyone still wanted to be around him because he found balance between accepting people without accepting what he didn't accept. And he always protected others' rights to believe and choose what they wanted to believe and do. He made his doctrines and belief known, but he did it all with love. There wasn't force, control, manipulation, arguing. He just went about doing good, lifting others, teaching and showing that people at the time, that there was a better way and allowed others to decide for themselves. True, he was looked down on by some, rejected for it, and persecuted, but he didn't fight back in a way that was confrontational, did he? He didn't feed the divisiveness. He tempered it. He helped all those in the world he lived in to look past their differences and instead focus on bringing them together. God has always been about gathering and bringing people together of all kinds of differences. Satan that's been the one that has been referred to as the father of contention and who will do all that he can to get us to focus on what makes us different and pushes us apart instead of seeing our uniqueness as something that can bring us together and bring more value to us as a whole. Quentin L. Cook, a leader of my faith, recently taught that unity and diversity are not opposites, that we can achieve greater unity as we foster an atmosphere of inclusion and respect for diversity for those things that make us unique. That's the message that I hope to share with teenagers down in southern Utah this week and one that I just wanted to share and remind you of as well. I know one of the places that I've always had the hardest time being accepting is in accepting myself. My flaws, the things that I don't love about myself, But I am coming to see them not so much as flaws, but as things that, again, bring value to me as a person. Things that cause me to stand out a little bit, to be a little bit different. It might be the quirky nature that I have, or the weird sense of humor, or something that uh, I don't really love, per se, about my body (laughs) that uh, causes me to feel different. But those differences, that uniqueness, is what makes us special. And I hope especially for young people who are struggling to feel good about themselves. To get that message across and help them to see that the way that they were designed, the way that they were created, the uniqueness that is inherent in who they are is what makes them special. And I hope to help them to take pride in their uniqueness and in everyone else's around them. And to help foster greater unity by recognizing the value of being unique. 
Thanks for listening, you guys. Have a great week. Until next time, I'm Josh Downs, and you've been listening to The Drive.